Okay, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open them to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, it was uh, really not a big thing for us to drive uh, 10 hours uh, to make it here, um, especially considering that uh, uh, in Vanuatu we have to hike sometimes up to nine hours or more uh, to get to villages. So I was happy to sit in a car and uh, drive for that long. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice thing. Uh, and uh, I told Liz as we crossed the border, I said, right, you can't have the baby now until we cross back over. Uh, you know, I, I told Pastor, I don't know if it was pretty harsh for me to say, but I said, we want to give birth to a winner. So, you know, just, uh, you know, just, just wait till we get back into Queensland. And then, uh, and then I wonder why I only have like three supporters in New South Wales. It's just, I don't, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's, but I'm actually not a Queenslander. I'm from Melbourne originally. So uh, I don't know where I fit in the equation of things. Uh, but it's a joy to be here. And I just want to boast on you guys a little bit. Uh, we're looking at Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 8, where the Apostle Paul uh, actually uh, boasts on the Macedonian churches, uh, not one particular church, but a group of churches uh, that had taken upon themselves to take up an offering uh, to send to Jerusalem. As you read through the chapter, it kind of seems like almost like uh, it was originally the Corinthians' idea in the first place. Uh, to take up this offering. They sort of came up with the idea. And then uh, later on, other churches heard about it. And then they started hopping on board. And then now the Apostle Paul is writing to them, kind of going, hey guys, uh, I've been bragging about you guys and, and what you've been doing uh, towards uh, getting this offering to Jerusalem. And uh, I just want to make sure that that's going to happen. Uh, you can sort of hint uh, a, bit of, uh, a bit of apprehension, even as it were, in, in Paul's voice as he sort of writes to them and says, Hey guys, uh, uh, you came up with the idea, so let's, uh, let's follow through with, uh, with the original plan. Let's, let's follow through with, uh, with what we had spoken about and what we had said uh, that we wanted to accomplish. I want to brag on you guys as a church. Uh, I've been coming to this church since, uh, since I was just a teenager um, it's, it's awesome to be here with my family. I actually have a teenager myself now uh, in my family. Uh, I'll get my family to throw their hands up. I think there's only you guys. The rest of them are in some kids' programs. Oh, oh I've got another one. What are you doing way back there? Yes, that would be Naomi uh, sitting over there with Vicky, uh, partners in crime. I think, I, think, I think your one's influencing mine, though. So that, just, that always happened, by the way. It was, it was never... I just was innocent and just gullible, just kind of followed what the Philo boys told me to do. And that's, that's, how, I, that's how I got myself into trouble in, in camps and stuff, just, just a follower, just a follower. Uh, but uh, I want to boast on you guys. I've been coming to this church for a long time, and uh, you guys have been through numerous transitions over the years. Uh, but yet you've remained faithful to the Lord. Uh, you've not just remained faithful to the Lord, you've remained faithful in uh, giving to missions. Uh, that was really exciting to be able to see what's happening in the Philippines. Kind of makes sense to me that, that a church that, uh, that has a, a fairly, you're not a Filipino church, but you have a large number of Filipinos in this church, uh, would get behind what's happening in the Philippines. Uh, that, just, that just makes sense. I mean, that, that just seems like that's the right thing to do. And, uh, and brother, I'd love to hear you if I understood Filipino. I'd love, because when you're, you're funny, and uh, actually, <laughs> I feel like probably funnier than like, than even me in in. in what is it, Tagalog or Tagalog? I don't know what it is. It's something. It's something. Um, and uh, and uh, but but that's that's incredible to hear that to hear that uh, that God is is uh, enabling you and uh, and you're in a position as a church. I know you give to missions. I know you guys have got some 
So there's like some little charts there. I didn't understand what that was, but I was trying to, it's got like all sorts of crazy colors and stuff with uh, your offering and a little car that's driving to, I don't know where, but it's driving somewhere. Uh, you know, sort of little charts. Exciting things are happening with this church. And realize that uh, you have an opportunity uh, to be able to help uh, places like the Philippines to enable them, uh, which you would consider maybe uh, not as fortunate country. Uh, people are not uh, as, uh, as uh, have the finances that we would have here in Australia. And you have the capacity to get behind them and to assist them and to help them uh, to grow the work that is already happening there. And uh, so as a church, you guys have been a blessing to me uh, growing up uh, throughout the years as a teenager, as I headed to the mission field. Uh, it's now 10 years ago. Uh, that we, uh, that we uh, started the trail to go to Vanuatu and now been there for 10 years. And uh, you've remained faithful and consistent uh, in uh, supporting us. As I said, we only have uh, three supporting churches in New South Wales. Uh, we started off with about 20 and just over the years, transitions and different things for different reasons. Uh, but you've remained faithful and that's an encouragement to, to myself as a missionary. Uh, it's always an encouragement when, uh, when you go to a mission field and, and you start with very little and God starts to, to grow those ministries and you see people get saved and you see uh, more and more doors opening up and more and more churches opening up. It's always a joy to come back to Australia and see that God's doing something here as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult when you go somewhere and there's 15 people and uh, 10 years later, uh, God's increased your ministry, uh, you know, similar to what God's doing here where there's, you know, you know, upwards of 200 people and multiple churches starting up and Bible schools. And you go back to the same place and there's the same uh, 15 people, and, uh, and you're encouraged by their faithfulness, but you're also encouraged to see that, that God is increasing. Uh, God is growing uh, the work. And so I want to uh, congratulate you on your faithfulness and encourage you uh, to keep on going, to keep, uh, keep moving forward. Uh, I want to I boast on, uh, you know, whenever I see something, I, I think about uh, that someone started something. Uh, I'm in Vanuatu, and we're starting ministries, and sometimes I think about the fact that one day, uh, we will not be there and somebody else will be continuing those ministries and, uh, and we get to be a part of the group that started it. Uh, there's always something uh, uh, fun and exciting about uh, being in that sort of pioneering stage. Although uh, nothing ever really, it, it always is growing. Uh, it's always pioneering. Uh, but uh, how many of you were here when you, uh, I don't know if, if there's anyone even here that was here when you originally bought this building? Uh, how, anyone, anyone here that was originally when you bought this building? Okay, get hands up, hands up. Actually, let's get you stand up. Let's get you stand up. See, I get, I get to do this. This is fun. I'm the guest speaker, so uh, you guys have to listen to all my commands. So uh, let's give a clap to these guys. Let's give a clap to these guys. Okay, the pioneers can now sit down. So, so these guys had a vision, had a dream. Uh, of a building that was probably very different than this building is now, uh, of a piece of property that was uh, uh, Seven Hills, was probably a very different place back then. And, uh, and God has, has taken that and God has grown that. And God continues to grow that. And, uh, and you, you, sometimes it's good, and that's what we do as missionaries, we boast on what God has done. And uh, sometimes as a church, it's good to boast, boast on you guys and say, hey, thanks for having a dream. Uh, thanks for being willing and faithful to, to make a sacrifice. And that now has produced uh, not just uh, people within this church building, but people in the Philippines and people in Vanuatu and, and people throughout the world have been blessed uh, because of your willingness uh, to take a step of faith and to say, hey, uh, and at the stage it was probably a big step uh, to give 
and to say, hey, we're going to make some sacrifices and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put some feet uh, to our faith, uh, as it were. And what was happening is, and we'll have a look at this just quickly, the, the Corinthians churches had, uh, had sort of made a, a commitment. They said, we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to do this. And then it turns around that Paul is now encouraging them and saying, hey, make sure the thing that you said you were going to do, uh, make sure you actually accomplish that. Make sure you actually do that. So let's have a look. Uh, let's jump into the Word of God in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 5. Let's, uh, let's boast a little bit on the Macedonian church. Um, and uh, and I've, I've done a little bit of boasting on you guys as a church, not as individuals. You'll notice I didn't uh, mention pastor or mention any in particular, but as a church, as a church, this is what uh, the Apostle Paul is doing. He's boasting on them. As a church, this is what they did together and collectively. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of afflictions, the abundance of their joy and the deep poverty abound unto the riches of their liberality. I had to get a dictionary out. Don't worry if you're not getting all this right now and uh, try and understand what it was talking about here. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And as this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. So Paul is going uh, to go ahead and he's going to jump into uh, talking about uh, giving, talking about, uh, you guys, uh, I saw up in your board, there was a thing about uh, stewardship. And so he starts off by, by something positive. He starts off by saying, hey, this is, I want to give you an example of, of these guys, uh, these churches and, and how God has used them and, and what God's doing um, in their lives. And so he's going to tell them uh, how they gave. He's going to tell them what they gave. And he's going to tell them why they gave. Uh, how they gave, what they gave. And why they gave. So first of all, he says, how did they give? How did they give? In what situation? It tells us in, in uh, verses 2 that, they, that in a great trial of affliction, a great trial of affliction, and then it tells us, and in deep poverty, abounded unto their riches and their liberality. So they gave in spite of their circumstances. They gave in spite of their circumstances. Um, they did what they could. Uh, where where they were, they they did what they could with what they had. Uh, I remember, uh, and we get we get a lot of people who who come over to Vanuatu. Uh, uh, actually, a brother was just talking to me outside, and he's like, 2013. I was on a building team, and I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm like, I don't even know what we built in 2013, but uh, we we build a lot of things, and a lot of people come and go, and uh, there's a lot of moving pieces as to as to what God's uh, uh, doing there on the field. But we get a lot of people who come over with. Uh, with these just these 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 huge plans, or they make these huge promises or huge statements. And I remember once uh, we were hiking with this one guy who was a, he was a, quite an affluent businessman from New Zealand. He had his own electrical business, and uh, he told me he said he said Jeremy, what you guys need is a helicopter. And uh, you know, I agree. I, I think a helicopter would be great, um, except that they're the most likely things to crash, and uh, you need a lot of money to keep them going. But uh, you know, don't think about the details, but. I remember once we, uh, we actually, and it was just sort of the Lord's doing, we ended up on a helicopter to get to a village, and uh, this village takes us four hours to hike to. And uh, I wish I hadn't gone on the helicopter. Uh, honestly, I wish I hadn't gone on the helicopter. 
Because on the helicopter, it was three minutes. <laughs> three minutes. And I'm like, four hours. Three minutes. And now every time I hike on that hike, I'm like, three minutes. Just three minutes. That's all it took. You know, uh, so, so sort of doing up the figures, you know, it was like $1,000 an hour for the helicopter. Three minutes. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, but this man, he said, you know what? You need a helicopter. And I was like, oh, that, maybe this guy probably has the means to do this. I don't know. And uh, so I'm like, oh, that helicopter would be fantastic. That'd be amazing. And, and then uh, I sort of mentioned to him that my truck, that the tires were balding and uh, they were falling apart. And I'm like, yeah, we, we really need some new tires. And he's looking up at this guy, helicopter. And I'm going, tires. Uh, that was, that's probably what we need right now. And uh, you know what? He, he left and it, we... Although a helicopter would have been great, the funds for the tires for the truck uh, would have been better. And so we give, uh, they gave, this, these this churches gave within their means. They gave what they have. A lot of times we tell the Lord, you know, if I had a million dollars, well, you don't have a million dollars. You have a few hundred dollars. Uh, but if I had a million dollars, you know, these are the things that we would do with it. And uh, I, I love hanging around pastors who have vision. Uh, I do this in Vanuatu as well. We walk around properties and we're like, if we just had $7.2 million. Uh, you know, I, I love coming to Sydney. I'm like, 7.2 in, in Vanuatu. It's like, if we just had seven grand, you know, we could, we could do something. And, and I love that when you're like, this is only $32,000 to buy this property, you know. And, and you sort of look at the perspective and things, but uh, you have vision and you, you think about what if we had these things, uh, we could do these other things as well. I remember in Vanuatu, we, we had our first missions conference, our church uh, give submissions, and we actually support four guys who are going, going further into the jungle. Uh, it's, it's a bit different uh, than what we think as missions. When we think of missions in Vanuatu, we think of souls that need to get saved. And, uh, and we release missions to whoever's going to do that, take the gospel to souls that need to get saved. Uh, they're not going to other countries, Fiji or things, but they, they're going internally within Vanuatu uh, to get the gospel out. So I remember our first missions conference, I kind of uh, uh, got a little chart and I had five cents. You could give five cents. You could give 10 cents. Uh, you could give 20 cents, you know, a week or, or $2. And, uh, you know, I, I, got, I got really, you know, I got really excited. I'm like, $5. You could do $5. And uh, I remember uh, uh, one of the men, in, faithful men in my church, he came up to me and said, Pastor, why you put five cents on paper? So, well, five cents, you know, when you do the maths, you know, it's a, it's a few dollars every year. He said, ah, you insult us. Five cents. We can get more than five cents. You know, and I'll try to, you know, it, well, according to like your, what your income is and what an income. And, and uh, in the end, uh, he said, no, I, I circle. I circle much more than five cents. I'm like, well, that's good. Uh, praise the Lord. And at first, when we first took up our faith promise um, at our church, uh, people circled 20 cents. People circled a dollar. People circled two dollars. And I give you an idea of how that in, 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 in perspective to, to income um, $2 is what, uh, that's the average income per hour uh, for people in Vanuatu. So we're not super, super poor, but we're not uh, super rich either. But people gave according to, to what they had. They gave above and beyond uh, what most churches in Australia would do, above and beyond uh, in, in perspective to what they have. And here's what you find, that, uh, that it's, usually, it's usually the poor of the churches that give the most. It's usually the poor of the churches that give the most. And this church was poor, yet it gave. Uh, when we do churches in the jungle, if you think about it, uh, the, the village chief gives us land for free. He'll just say, okay, well, this big section of land, this will be for the church. Uh, these trees here, we can, we can chop all them down. 
that'll be for the church. And then all the labor is free. They'll carry the sand up there. They'll bring the water. Uh, they'll mix the concrete themselves. And so although they might not have a lot of finances, uh, the, people, the people will get involved. They will give in proportion to what God uh, has given them. And here's the great thing about, about God's work is the fact that you don't have to be rich to give. Uh, the widow's might uh, tells us that story where it's, it's not about, it's not about uh, what you have, but it's, it's about what you've been given and what you do with it. And so everyone can get involved. It tells us in verses 1 that it's called grace. And moreover, brethren, we do to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Paul's talking about giving, and he uses the word grace. Grace is unmerited favor, uh, undeserved. And uh, when we get involved in giving, and, uh, and I'm not specifically talking about missions here because this was, this was a special offering uh, that they were sending to some churches that were suffering and, and were having a difficult time and were in poverty. He uses the word uh, grace, that this is unmerited. In other words, they're not going to do anything uh, in return, but this is us saying, you know what, this is our privilege to give. Uh, you know, when we think about uh, uh, what happens here in the church and, and even what Jesus portrayed in his life, we, we understand that Jesus likes to use people. Uh, we understand that, you know, we could walk up to, uh, you know, we, we drove past the property the other day and, and uh, Pastor Hearn and I were chatting. We we're like, what if we just walked up to that guy and we, we knocked on his door and he just said, yeah, sure, you guys can have this property. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just give it to you. And we know that God can do that. And, and he does sometimes. Uh, there's, there's many stories throughout history where, where God just goes, you know what, I'm just going just gonna to give it to you outright like that. Just going to make it happen. But here's the thing. God wants to use people. God wants to use individuals. You know, when Jesus turned the water into wine, he used people to fill the containers with water. Why? Those guys got to be a part of that miracle. Uh, they got to be a part of what God was doing. When God fed the multitudes, he didn't, didn't just, uh, you know, make bread appear out of nowhere. Uh, what did he use? Uh, there's a few different instances, but the in instant I'm thinking about, the 5,000, he used a, a boy's lunch, uh, something that was provided, something that was there. And, uh, and that small child got to be a part of, of feeding 5,000. He got to be a part of the miracle. Uh, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, who did he use to remove the stone? Some people said, hey, move the stone back. Uh, uh, the, the actual uh, people had to remove the, the burial cloth from his body. And so we understand that uh, the reason that we get involved in the grace of giving, that we get involved is because uh, God wants to use us. And, uh, and that's something that uh, the more you, you learn about God, the more you understand about God is, is just, it's, it's kind of uh, almost incomprehensible when you think about why would God want to use us? Uh, why would God want to use us? And so he didn't have to use them, but he allowed them to be a part of, of God allows us to be a part of what he's doing. Here, Paul didn't, didn't really, I mean, he doesn't tell us the figure, uh, but I'm sure it wasn't a lot of money. I'm sure it wasn't a lot of money. They were, they were utterly poor. It tells us that they were in deep, I mean, there's this poor, and then there's deep poverty. Uh, and these guys were, these guys were suffering, but... It tells us that he allowed them to be a part of it. He allowed them to get involved. Our church in Vanuatu, uh, we, uh, when we give to missions, our, our faith promise for, um, for this year is actually going to be, uh, it's around about, let's see, I'll do the figure, it's about $9,000 uh, we're going to give to missions this year. And uh, now, it, it, now that's, that's pretty good. 
for a third world country. For us, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's like about three people's wages. That's, that's the kind of money that even government officials don't have in our country. And uh, that's exciting that we get to be a part of that. But when we first started, it was a very small amount. And as a missionary, I could have just been like, eh, what's, this, what's this few hundred dollars here? This isn't going to... This isn't good. I'll just do it. I'll just, I'll just pay for it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just make it happen. But, uh, but Paul realizes, no, they get to be involved as well. When you, when you see the story of the widow's mite, uh, Jesus doesn't turn around and say, give her mite back. You know, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to receive that. You're, you're poor. You have nothing. Uh, we're we're going to give that back to you. No, he says, it, it's received. And there's, and there's blessings uh, for that. So, so, so um, what did they, they, they gave out of their deep poverty. That's how they gave. Uh, what did they give? We have a look in verses 3. Uh, it tells us, and, and, and for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. They, they made a choice themselves that they were going to get involved in this. And they gave what they could and a little bit more. Uh, when we did our, our faith promise and, and our church started getting on board and, and people started getting on board in and, and, uh, giving to missions and realizing they could be a part of this, uh, we had a, a little girl in our Sunday school who, uh, who her mom gives her uh, just a few dollars every week to buy some snacks at school and, you know, buy some twisties and whatever, uh, some different foods and that. And uh, this little girl actually talked to my daughter and said, uh, I'm going to give a, a dollar a week uh, to missions and uh, that's going to work out to, if you do the math, $52, uh, you know, a year, which is a huge amount of money uh, for people in Vanuatu. And she said, and I'm just going to, I'm just not going to have any snacks throughout the week. I'll just eat the rice uh, that my mom sends me to school with, and I'm not going to have some twisties or, or you know, some juice and lollies. And so I can give uh, this dollar to missions. You say, well, what is that? That's someone understanding that, hey, I can get involved within the means that I have. And, uh, and, and for a child, I would look at that and say, that's even almost beyond uh, the means. That a child go, I'm not going to have that lolly. I'm actually going to save this, and I'm going to, uh, put in the offering so that I can be a part of what uh, God is doing. True giving is measured by obedience, proportion, and need, not by amount. I'll repeat that again. True giving is measured by obedience, proportion, and need, not by the amount that we give. It's not about the quantity, but it's about the sacrifice. It's not about the quantity, but it's about the sacrifice. That's what uh, Jesus taught uh, when he talked about the people who had so much funds, uh, you know, and then he used the illustration of the widow's might, she did something that the rich young ruler couldn't. Uh, she gave it sacrificially in proportion uh, to what the rich young ruler couldn't even fathom or couldn't even imagine. And there was a pastor once that wanted to illustrate this in his church, so he had everyone stand up. He said, he said stand up, uh, and today we're going to give what we've always wanted to give. We're going to give what we always wanted to give. And so he said, go ahead and, and reach out in front of you and pull out the wallet of the person standing in front of you. <laughs> pull out the wallet of the person and now give what you've always wanted to give. Uh, give what you've always wanted to give to the Lord. And you say, well, oh yeah, that, that, that would work. That we, we, maybe we should try that out. <laughs> I'm not bringing my wallet to church anymore. Uh, there was a man who was getting baptized. He said, Pastor, I left my wallet in my pocket. He said, okay, we need to baptize that as well. Let's, let's go into the water. But this church, this, this Macedonian church, they gave out of poverty. And the Apostle Paul says, here's a great example that we can use. Here's a great example that we can use of, of them giving. It tells us, and, and there's an order to giving. He says, first of all, they gave of themselves first. 
Uh, he tells us this in, in verses 5. He says, And this they did, not as we hoped. We, we didn't ask them. We didn't hope. But first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Um, it was the will of God that they got involved in this giving, but more so the will of God that they gave of themselves first. Uh, we used to sing a song in Vanuatu during our offering. We do our offering a bit different. Everyone comes forward and they, they place the offering uh, in the offering plate. A lot of people can't write, so we can't have them write, you know, tithe and missions on a piece of paper. So we actually have separate offering plates and you come and you, you put it in whichever offering uh, you're going to be giving that morning. And we used to sing a song that, uh, that went, uh, give him, give him, give him, praise in long God. Give him, give him, give Now you know why I don't sing specials. Praise in long God. Suppose where you know God, you give him life for you. Give him, give him, give him, praise in long God. That sounds like English or just terrible English. It's Bishlama. It's a broken English. Uh, but the song was, give, give, give. And if you don't have, give of yourselves. And so when we first got there, we'd sing this song and I'd, I'd just kind of uh, sort of uh, cringe because uh, the doctrine wasn't right. It's not give. And those of you guys who don't have, give of yourselves. I remember once at a youth group and, and the youth leader was asking different people what they were going to do with their lives. And uh, this was down in Melbourne, Melbourne country. And uh, he said, well, what do you want to do with your life? I'm going to study to be a lawyer. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's great. That, that's exciting. Now, what are you going to do with us? I, I'm going to study to be a, a surgeon. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Great. That's, that's really good plans. And he sort of went through and asked each kid. And, and then he came to me and said, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I, I, I believe God's called me to be a missionary. And it was like that. <coughs> There was a sort of a quiet cough, and he was like, oh, okay, well, moving right along. And he asked the next uh, person, and he said, well, what happened? Oh, that's the, that's the job that the guy who doesn't know how to do anything else does, is how missions can be perceived. Uh, and and we, sort of, we sort of look at that, and we sort of think, well, yeah, if you don't have anything, give of yourself. You know, you, you go and do something for the Lord, son, because you don't have any other real talents. So we'll send you to the mission field. That is, that, is, that is so far from the truth of what God wants. God turns around and says, hey, give of yourself first and then give your offering. I remember someone met me in town and he said, hey, hey, you're a church. I said, yes, we are. He said, um, he said oh, I, I don't go to church. I said, okay. He says, but I want to tithe. So can I just give you some money and you'll put it in the offering plate for me? Because I want blessings from God. Now, there was a part of me that wanted to say, absolutely. Go ahead. Give me the money. You will get blessed like there's no tomorrow, you know. But I said, I said, I said, no, I, I, can't, I can't take that. And he's trying to give it to me. I said, no, no, no. I said, I said, what you need to do is you need to come to our church. Uh, if, if, first of all, if you want to give that offering, you need to come to our church and give the offering. But I said, but secondly, it doesn't work that way. You're not going to get an automatic blessing if you haven't given of yourself first. And I uh, proceeded to be able to uh, spend some time and explain the gospel to him. And so we, we give of ourselves first. And when we give of ourselves, uh, everything else kind of comes with it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 15, uh, this is a verse that we use when we, when we do evangelism in Vanuatu, and it's important to get this across to people. It says, and, and, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth, because you did before, live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and I love this because he adds it at the end, and rose again. The Bible takes, makes it very clear. When you come to Christ... You're making a decision to not live for yourself anymore. You're actually making a decision that now you will live for Christ. 
Uh, you know, you see those movies where, uh, uh, you know, and I don't know what culture it's from. Maybe it's from Arabic culture or something where, where he, he, he saves the other guy and then now he's indebted for the rest of his life. Uh, you, you, you're probably all familiar with what I'm talking about. Now, now he follows him everywhere. And, and why is he following him? He's indebted to me because I saved his life. Oh, you know, and it's, it's usually some sort of, uh, you know, sort of uh, native Indian or something like that who's got some skill set of some sort and he follows him everywhere. Well, in that same idea or concept, uh, we follow Christ. Uh, he saved us. He didn't just die for us on the cross. He rose again and he's promised uh, eternal life, not just eternal life, but he, he's even gonna he's even gonna give us certain things if we do certain things here on earth, and and so that's the reason uh, why we follow. And I love this because it says to us that they pleaded to give. They actually pleaded. Yesterday we went on uh, I went on some visitation with Pastor, and and uh, it was it was I, I now know why he's getting a bit chubby. Uh, it's because of visitation, um, and uh, we went. We went and uh, and and it was like there was just food coming out everywhere. And then we, it was we were being pleaded like, please try this, please, it's really good, try it. And uh, you're like, okay, we'll we'll take this. And uh, the apostle Paul, that's what this church came up to him and said, so please, please, Paul, let us give. No, no, you guys are poor. You guys, are, no, we want to give. You guys don't really have the capacity. We we really want to give. We want to get involved. Okay, okay, I'll 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 take that and I'll. I'll take that. We'll make sure that gets down to the Church of Jerusalem. We'll make sure you guys get involved. And now the Apostle Paul turns around and says, "How I want to tell you about something that these guys did. I mean, they were they were pleading. I mean, I I haven't had it yet, but but uh, imagine someone comes to to your pastor and says, "Man, I just want to I want to give to you guys. Well, no, we we don't really have. The, no, I I really want to. Can can I can I please? Uh, usually usually you don't sort of no no no, but." But here is the situation that Paul found himself in. They were, they were begging to get involved. Why? Uh, why, why, did they, why did they want to give so much? It tells us, uh, as you read there, it says in verses 2, how that in great trial of fiction and abundance of their joy. You know what they said? It's a joy to give. Acts chapter 20 and verses 35, it tells us that, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Remember, I met a missionary once, and he said, oh, I have the gift of receiving. And I was like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not really sure that's a gift in the Bible, but, but okay. Uh, the Bible says what? It is more blessed to give than to receive. I, I don't know about you guys, but being on the giving end, it, it, always, it always has more blessing to it. Uh, when you find yourself in a difficult situation and you're receiving, it, it really creates a lot of humility. Uh, it creates a lot of, to have to be receiving. But being in a position where you get to give, uh, Jesus nailed it when he said, it's more blessed to give uh, than to receive. This is, this is a blessed something. Uh, he gets done boasting about these guys and he tells them, uh, you know, what, what they did and how incredible it was. Then now he explains to the Corinthian church how they ought to give. And I love this because he doesn't send them on a guilt trip. He doesn't say, hey, look, these guys had nothing. They gave everything. You guys have got so much. You're not doing anything. But he actually says, hey, look at what they did and look at the principle. And now I'm going to give you how you ought to be doing it. And it might not be exactly how they did it. Uh, it's going to be a bit different. But I just wanted to tell you their story. Oftentimes, and it's always great. I love when people talk about a missions trip or something that they've done because uh, there's excitement there. And I sit there myself listening. Okay, what's something I can learn? What's something I can pick up? Okay, I can, I can see stories. I can see what's happening. Uh, what's something I can learn from that? It ought to be a time where we, where we say, hey, 
I can learn from, from sacrifices that other people are making. He tells us, first of all, in verses 7, he begins, he says, Now therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I remember once uh, I, was, I was traveling with a missionary, and uh, he asked me this question because I went to this one particular church. He says, he says, are they a praying church or a paying church? I was like, what? Are they a praying church or a paying church? And I was kind of like, is it supposed to go together? Like, uh, but, but there are some churches out there that, brother, we're just a praying church. We're not going to spend anything, uh, but we're going to pray for you and, and God bless you and, uh, and send you on your way. Uh, and and here what, here's what the apostle, I don't know if the apostle Paul is being um, sort of, I, I don't know if he's being sarcastic here. It is the Corinthian church. Those guys had some, I mean, they, they had some big problems. Go and read 1 Corinthians. Uh, I, so I don't know if he's being sarcastic or he really is meaning this. But he turns around and says, I know how you guys have just, you guys at Southland have everything together. You've got it. You've got the faith. You've got the preaching and the knowledge You've got diligence, and you love us. See that you do this as well. I don't, I don't know if Paul was, was being sarcastic, you know, saying, I know that you guys think you've got it all together. But what I do know is that Paul lays out a plan here and says, hey, make sure this is something you're involved in as well. Because you can be a great Christian. You can have a great church. You can have all of these things together. But if it's not costing you, if there's no sacrifice associated with it, he turns around and says, this is going to be a proof of your love. It's going to be proof of your love. Uh, you know, we, we get in churches and, uh, and uh, we've been, I've been at conferences, many missions conferences, preach at missions conferences myself. And um, it's funny because uh, you make a call for people to surrender. Like we need more people. We need more laborers. We need more people to go out. And then, uh, and then sometimes the pastor will come up and be like, well, wait, we're not all going to be missionaries. Let's all not, let, calm down, guys. You know, you can be a missionary across the road, stay in the church. And uh, it, it's sad that that comes across because really not everyone's going to surrender. So, you know, that's not how the Holy Spirit works. Uh, but, but you make the call and, and God will call out some people. But here's the reality, church. If God called out five or six people right now out of Southland to go into the mission field, can we, can we sacrifice to fund that? Can we, can we get behind those people? And, uh, and we, make these, these, we make these grandiose statements of faith. We just need to have faith in the Lord. Pastor, you know what our church needs? More soul winning. Well, that's great, but I'm looking at your building right now. Where's everyone going to sit if you do more soul winning? Pastor, we needed this program. We need this program. Well, here's the thing. It's going to cost. Those of you guys who stood up today, I'm sure it cost you guys something. I'm sure it, it, there's, there's some things. But right now, Years later, you would say, man, we'd do it all over again. We'd do more. We'd do more. We're, we're I mean, look at what God has done with the small thing that we gave him. Uh, with that small amount that we got involved in, God has increased it. And now the call ought to be to those of you who weren't here at that stage, those of you who weren't pioneers, now God's saying, hey, you got everything together, but how's your giving going? I know you guys are spending a month talking about giving. And, uh, and it's funny because I grew up on the, on, on the mission field. I grew up on the islands, and we talk about money all the time. Like, it's like, oh, how much do you get? Oh, I get like $300 a month. Oh, okay, yeah, I get like $600. Like, it's like a, it's, it's a non-thing. Like, you can talk about it. It's just something that, but I didn't realize that, like, when you come to Australia, it's like, it's like the thing you don't talk about. 
Like you don't get in someone's car and go, how much did this cost? You know, uh, you know that's just like, it's just a, and it took me a while to, still kind of learning that now, but like, a, you know, it, it sort of takes you, this is like the unspoken thing. Why? Because it's the holy grail. Like just don't touch that. Like talk about everything else. But when you talk about that, you're going to ruffle some feathers. Some people are going to be upset. But here Paul says, you know what, Corinthians church, I want you to prove your love. And I don't want you to prove your love by going to the mission field. I don't want you to prove your love by having more faith. I don't want you to prove your love by praying more. I don't want you to prove your love by, by learning more of the Bible. But I want you to prove your love how? See that you abound in this grace also. Get involved. Get involved. Prove your love. Prove your sincerity. He tells him in verses 8, this is what, this is, I, I want you to show what, what it really means. You know, when you, when you first get married or before you get married and you've got a girlfriend, uh, you prove your love by how much you get involved. How much you get involved. And uh, you don't say things like, I know the ring's like a cheap $2 one, but it's the thought that counts. You know, I was thinking about that recently. I'm like, is it really the thought that counts? I like even did some Google searches. I'm like, is it really the thought that counts? Because like, when I get a present, like, and oh, it's a thought that counts, you know. And we thought about giving you some finances. So it's the thought that counts, brother. No, it doesn't really count. You can't, you can't count thoughts. No, at least I thought you couldn't, but now I realize that you can count thoughts. Um, after spending some time with Brother Tussle last night, you really can count that stuff. But I, you can't count thoughts. And so he tells him, you know what, Let, let's, sh let's show forth. Let, let's prove it in love. Let's prove it in action. He turns around and gives us the example. He says, Corinthian church, here's your example. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now, oftentimes when I read that and we say, oh, yes, we all know that Jesus was poor. And he was. He didn't put himself in a wealthy family. Uh, you know, he, he, he didn't own the, the crib that he, uh, that he was born in. He didn't own the boats that he used. They were borrowed. He didn't own the donkey that he rode on. That was borrowed. They hired a room. He even laid in a borrowed tomb. But here's the reality. Even if Jesus came to this earth as the richest person on earth, he still would have made himself poor for us. Because coming from heaven to earth, I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard the story, but a really wealthy guy was allowed to take gold to heaven and and he stood at the door and he said, I want to bring this, this in. And, and uh, they said, well, we, we don't know. We don't do that. That's not something we allow. Everything has to stay outside. We can't bring anything inside. And, and uh, so they went and, and got, you know, the whole, there was a big old meeting in heaven about it with all the angels. And, and uh, finally they came out and said, look, we're going to let you bring it in. I just want to know, why do you want to bring pavement into heaven? Why all this big deal to bring some pavement into heaven? And, you know, he had all these gold, you know, that he was bringing in. And that's just pavement in comparison to what's in heaven. Jesus made himself poor. That was the example. Jesus became poor for, for us. And now uh, Paul says, hey, Corinthian church, th this is the example that was set for us. Yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You know, we, we might be made ourselves poor uh, in order so that other people will become rich in Christ. In Christ, rich in the Lord. And he says, and Aaron, I give my advice, for this is expedient for you. He says, this is good for you. It's good for you. You know, it was a good thing when, as a church in Vanuatu, we started missions. It didn't seem like the right time. We didn't have the, the finances to do it. Uh, you know, there was plenty of other things that we, we probably should have done. But uh, now looking back and looking at the Word of God, I say, you know what? 
it was a good thing for us to do. It was a good thing for us to get involved. It was a good thing for us to, to sacrifice. Who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Then he says in, uh, in verses 11, he says, it's not the thought that counts. He pretty much tells him, he says, now therefore perform the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. You know, when you think about giving, the reality is it's got to take action. It's got to take action. I remember I was in Bible school. Um, I, was, I was on a single income. Uh, it was minimum wage up in Rockhampton. I was working at the Meatworks of all places because I thought it was a good idea to work like four days and have three days off, but it didn't really work that way. You ended up having to sleep for a whole day to try and recover from it. Uh, but it was in Bible school and uh, had a family, a growing family, two little kids, and uh, we got involved in missions. And I remember one year I was, I was able to, to count up the missions, and I was completely shocked. I was actually discouraged. I actually almost, no, I don't get depressed, but whatever that is, I almost got that. Like I felt really discouraged. Why? I counted up the faith promise, and I was in the top five in, in a big, thriving, growing church with business people and, and people that had dual incomes and people that had degrees. And, and I looked at that and thought, well, and I sort of kind of got annoyed, and, and I talked to my pastor about it, and he said, he said, he said Jeremy, it's because it's God's called you to missions. You've got it. You've got it. You've understood. It's about giving yourself, and when you give yourself, then, then giving to the Lord above and beyond just seems like the normal thing to do. It seems like the normal thing to do. It seems like something that that's what we ought to do. And Paul tells the Corinthians church, you know what? Don't just be all talk. Don't just talk about, you know, talk about, well, we want to reach this community. We want to do this. We want to do that. But no one's willing to, to fund it. No one's willing to get involved. And if God has your heart, uh, everything else will kind of flow. And wouldn't it be great if pastor said, hey guys, can you just ease up on the giving? Like right now we're, we're over and above. We've got too much money. Uh, you know, we just, we've already got the buildings. Like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But wouldn't it be awesome if it did? And, and it could. It could happen if people understood what this was all about. Then in verse 12, I love this. He says, for if there be first a willing mind, that's the first thing, it is accepted according to that a man hath not according to that he hath not. He tells him, he says, you know what? Give what you have. Give what you have. Don't, don't give what you, you don't have. Don't, don't tell your wife, well, you know what? I, I've given all the money. We're not going to pay the rent this week. No, no, no. You, you give what God has, has given you the capacity to be able to give. Give what you had. Don't say, well, if I was, you know, those I was, if all those I was really amounted to anything, I can tell you now, I wouldn't need any support on the field. Because I had so many guys in the same age group as Hernan and EJ grew up alongside me and said, you be the missionary and we're going to go make money and you'll, you won't be like these missionaries right now that are suffering and having difficulties and hardships. We're going to get behind you. I was like, oh, that sounds like a great plan. But the problem was they were talking about what they were going to have. They weren't giving what they had now. You know what, you might be working at McDonald's, you might be working a double shift and this and that. Give what you have now. I remember in our church, we, we talked about a tithing. This was back up in Queensland. And uh, some ladies had like a, they met at like Sizzlers. That's a big thing in Queensland. I think it's dead here now. But they met at Sizzlers. And uh, that's the fancy restaurant for Queensland, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> and and uh, after Sizzlers, the ladies were sitting down and, and one of my friends overheard a conversation 
And uh, we'd been preaching, the church had been preaching about giving and tithing and things. And, and the ladies were sitting there eating their, you know, whatever it is, $35 sizzler meal, going, can you believe pastor's talking about tithing? Like, we can't afford to do that. And I'm sitting there, what? What? That doesn't, what? what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense to me. How can you afford not to? He tells them, give what you have. Give what you have. And then he, then he proceeds to talk about how that there's Titus. He's going to come up and help you guys out and, and make sure you do what, what I said. And you know what? He even sends around and says, you know, I've already boasted about you guys. I've already gone around. Oh, Southland's the best supporting church. I mean, they support everyone. Hey, can you guys make sure you do it now? I've already boasted about you guys. It's pretty much how Paul sort of comes. I've already talked about, boasted. It'd be pretty bad if you didn't. I mean, that's kind of like, I love it because he says, this is not a command uh, as you read through the chapter. And then later on he says, I've already boasted about it. So if you don't, you know, it's up to you guys. He turns around and he talks about what? Hey, why don't you do what you said you were going to do? You know what, you talk about things, but but why don't you actually do something about it? I'll finish off with, with the last story about uh, one of our pastors over there on the island of, uh, of Goa. His name's Pastor John Ollie. And I want you to get this idea that when we give, you know, we, can get, we, we, have, we have NGOs in Vanuatu. Uh, we actually function as an NGO um, during, the, uh, during the volcano disaster. We had uh, 11,000 people displaced on our island. Uh, we looked after 450 of them for 20-something days, and churches gave, you guys gave as well, and, and it was incredible uh, that we were able to not just care for them, but we were able to, to, to preach the gospel, and a lot of people, we had pastors and full churches uh, on our property, because it, it was a whole two, two to three villages that were on our property, uh, but uh, I want you to understand, when you give to that, uh, you're, you're giving, you're giving. You're, you're just, you know, when someone knocks on your door and it's great to do that and they, they're doing some fundraising and stuff and you put some money in there, uh, that's a good thing to do. But realize that when you give to the Lord's work, you're not giving something away, you're investing. You're investing. I mean, we talk about investment, investment portfolios and all these other stuff, how to do good, wise investments and stuff. Well, well, this is a wise investment. Uh, somebody invested here and because of that investment, God's blessing and God's growing it. And many of you are sitting in pews because somebody made an investment. When we give to the Lord's work, it really is an investment in His kingdom. And I love it because it doesn't even really, there is no real burden on the person who gave as to where it goes and how it's invested. And I know some people want to be good stewards and you do of where you send your funds, but that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is in the giving. In, in, in what's being handed over. And I remember Pastor John Ollie, who's one of our missionaries on the island. Uh, he was at an independence celebration, um, which, which we host all around our country. They got independence about 30-something years ago uh, from the French and the English. It was a condominium, uh, real strange history over there. And uh, out of nowhere, his, his, uh, his son just stopped eating. And uh, he had to hike him. He actually had to carry him for about 10 hours to get to the nearest airport. And uh, there was a, there's like a flight doctor that's there who brought him to our island. And uh, he's, he's, his stomach just swelled up. And uh, our hospitals over there aren't like here. They don't tell you what's wrong with you. Uh, and they certainly don't tell you if you're going to die. Because if they do, then they believe that the hospital cursed you. So if they say, oh, you've got a month to die, then you die in a month, the hospital cursed you uh, like a witch doctor. So you, you don't get told 
you just get certain medicines, and, and we've had to figure this out over the years. If you get certain medicines, and then the doctor's like, Pasta, you pray for them. Pasta, you look after them. Pasta, you pray for them. Then you're like, I'm pretty sure they're, they're on their deathbed. Because some people leave the hospital, Ah, Pasta, I got my medicine. And you're like, it's just Panadol. Uh, you know, this, this, this is not going to do anything. And this little kid was in the hospital. He's getting sicker and sicker. And we, we bounced around the options of, you know, could we fly him out? Could we get him somewhere else? Um, and I talked to the medical staff. And, and they said, we, we think he's in the last stages of leukemia. And there's nothing our country could do. Uh, and even if we flew him out somewhere, uh, it's, it's very complicated. It's very difficult. And, and so I sat the pastor down, uh, the dad. It was his firstborn son. And I just did some counseling with him. I knew that his son was, was about to die. And uh, it was a real difficult situation. He was about eight-year-old, probably one of the hardest things I had to do. And uh, his biggest plea was, we just want to go back to our island. If we can just get back home uh, so my son can actually see the family members before he passes. And uh, we prayed about that. We went to the airport. Uh, there was no flights. Uh, the lady at the counter said, however, there's a private airline that sometimes goes up to that island. Uh, we rang them up. It was God. It was God. It wasn't, you know, just happened to be, but they happened to be flying to that island. Uh, somebody had chartered the plane. They were willing to land on our island, uh, pick up the child. And uh, when I was talking to that, uh, I, was, I was, you know, sort of expressing uh, the love of churches. Some people had given. I said, uh, you know, what, what do you want to do with this? And, and uh, it was kind of a difficult situation. And I remember his, his biggest plea was, I need to get back to the church. So I need to get back to the village. He said, oh, you know, is it for your son's sake to see family? He said, no, because when I left, he said that the priest of the Anglican churches that are there, they said that this is their curse. That my son's going to die because of their curse. And that if I took my son away from our island, he, wouldn't, he would never come back alive. And so he said, my biggest prayer is that, that my son could get back there alive to be a testimony to the believers. And as we talked, he, his heart, his concern was, was for the work of God. And I'm sitting there across the table in my office, you know, and we've got buildings and vehicles and things, and, and my daughters are running around happy and excited. I was thinking, wow, I don't, know if, I don't know if my faith would stand in that situation. And you can't even think like that because it wouldn't until you're in that situation and God gives you the grace to go through those things. Uh, his son went back and made it back alive and uh, incredible testimony. He actually, he, he told them he wanted to shower first and, and uh, they showered him, washed him, and then, then he said he wanted some new clothes on, so they put some new clothes on. He said he was hungry, and uh, he ate some food, and he said, okay, I'm ready to go now. Uh, I'll see you guys when you get there. And the grandparents were kind of like, oh, that's an odd thing. Where, where are you going? They sort of laughed, and, and they realized that he was actually preparing himself for eternity. And when he passed, villagers from all over the island came to the funeral because they said they'd, they'd never seen someone pass like that before, someone who had security and knew where they were heading. And, uh, and then when we did the 100-day ceremony, I was able to fly over there, uh, spend time with, with Pastor John, and uh, people came from everywhere. And uh, Pastor John was, was crying, and he said, he, said, he said, this doesn't happen for a child. Uh, maybe a member of parliament or a chief, does the whole island, you know, come? To, he said, this, this is, what is this? He said, this is God giving us an opportunity to give the gospel out. And then I, I turned around and I had some, some funds with me. And I said, look, this is some money some churches gave. Um, they were hoping they could get your kid out, you know, on a flight or something. But um, here's the funds, you know. I want to give that to you. And he held that and he said, you know what I want to do with this? So I'm going to build a church. I'm going to build a church. And we, we're going we're gonna to put my son's name on the church. 
because his sacrifice is, is why we're able to do this now. And that they built bricks and they've gotten involved and they're, they're about to build this building. And you look at that and, and you think, what is that? That's a man who understands the investment we're making in eternity. As you think through this, and this is not a plea to touch your heart, this is the Apostle Paul did this. He says, you know what, I'm going to boast in this person. Uh, you know, I, I'm proud to boast in Pastor John Oldham. And say, so here's a man that has very little education, has very little funds, lives off coconuts and taro and yams, uh, but has, has, has really made the ultimate sacrifice for the work of Christ in, in, in bearing his own son where he's a missionary too. But you know what he understands? It's an investment. And there's a joy in that. There's a joy in giving. There ought to be a joy in, first of all, giving of ourselves. Giving of ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, and uh, we have a lot of people in our church who are from a Presbyterian background. They come to our church. They're great givers. They know the word of God. But they've never trusted Christ as their personal savior. Uh, just two Sundays ago, uh, we were preaching a course on evangelism. And, and we're showing people how to get saved. And we have a chief that's been coming to our church for quite a while. And, and uh, he actually uh, made a profession of faith. And then the next day, we met with him for baptism. And, and he turned around and he said, he said, man, he said, I don't think anyone in my church that I used to go to is saved. We've never called on the Lord to, to receive him as our personal savior. And he said, man, I, you know what? This week, I'm going to teach that to my family. You guys, I, I want them to get saved as well. You know, you're getting excited, getting excited. The investment is made in eternity, in eternity. And I, I, I pray, my prayer is for you guys to, that you would get the idea. That it's not just about doing all this, but it's, it's about being involved in grace unmerited favor towards others. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning, dear Lord, maybe like that chief, come along to church and maybe as a giver, knows the word of God, but has never called upon you, Jesus Christ, as his personal savior. I pray that today you might just touch his heart. Dear Lord, that there needs to be a giving of ourselves first and foremost before we ever get involved in your work, dear Lord. And dear Lord, as we, as we consider uh, your word from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, dear Lord, the Apostle Paul uh, boasting about the Macedonian church, dear Lord, uh, we would want nothing more than, than to be able to hear our churches being boasted about, dear Lord, because of the giving. And dear Lord, they gave in poverty, and it is true, it is easier to give in poverty, dear Lord. Uh, but dear Lord, I pray that we might understand that it's about being obedient based on what you have given us, dear Lord, based in where you have placed us, dear Lord, and giving within our means. Dear Lord, I pray that this church might understand the joy of giving to you. In Jesus' name we pray.